what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. We're a happy, hungry herd. Is how we, that's our... That's how we describe ourselves. Yeah. Studio Hippo, a happy, hungry herd of animators, designers, illustrators, and beer drinkers. Craft beer enthusiasts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll be coming back. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've we've taken a couple of, uh, um, what would you call, what's Rev think? Um, like Like business business marketing classes, like trying to really help define who you are as a business okay and he showed a really interesting slide where he had a list of and this is uh joel how do you pronounce joel's last name joel pilcher pilcher at RevThink. anyway he showed this really interesting slide where there were like 10 businesses listed and then 10 um like taglines or phrases of what these businesses did yeah and you he was like we can interchange any of them Everything is so generic and um, nothing was standard. unique anyway. So yeah. you know when we sit, like, who is Studio Hippo? Like, well, I mean, at the core, we're an animation and motion design studio. But you could say that about so many other businesses. So when we try to describe ourselves, like, okay, we're a happy, hungry herd. Like, who else can say that? <laughs> right. I don't think anyone else can. No, I think we're the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of those words, I mean, they mean different things to different people. But for us, like happy happiness comes from the joy that we get from our work, but also trying to make others really happy when they work with us, that it's going to be a positive experience all the way around. And then hungry, we're just, we're hungry to learn, we're hungry to make the best product, and then also just to, um, to collaborate and, again, make that, make the very best possible video and end product that we can for our clients. And then herd is we're family, like through and through. If you work with us, you're part of the herd. Like we're in this together. Good so deal. that's a long-winded. Hopefully, you can pick apart some pieces in there. <laughs> that's no, probably that really. the best intro without me introducing anything. So okay. let's just leave that in. Okay. I'll just say that <laughs> this is Matt Sodnikar, and welcome to the podcast. And um. It might have been slightly out of order, but I think it's awesome. So I'm sitting here with uh, Cameron Walker and Austin Wilson from Studio Hippo, and you already know that part. So yay! <laughs> Great. Hello, um, everybody. Hello. I was trying to think about how we met. It was just random via email, right? Or was I it? I think it was Instagram? LinkedIn. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing a real push on LinkedIn to try to connect with just more local businesses and founders and creative people and found you on LinkedIn and love what you're doing. So, and I can't believe you haven't been on a podcast. I know (laughs) we're podcast virgins. So (laughs) let's put that on the podcast community and not you guys that you haven't been on one yet. Cause you know, after our little intro introductory call last week, I was like, we have to hang out and we have to record this. Yeah. That was fun. It's, I think we said this before but just when you meet someone and immediately dive into like a 15 minute conversation about humor it's like yeah this 
this is meant to be. Like, we should be friends. <laughs> it's just really easy conversation. So thanks for having us on this podcast. This is. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love your work and I'll, I'll, oh, I'll have links oh, to thank that. You. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the lightning strike or the connection point, like I just come off uh, interviewing uh, Peter McGraw up in Boulder who wrote the, the humor code. Yeah. And all of your videos are great. They're humorous and they they get it. And then we know Shauna Schultz, who yep. did the 48 Hour Film Festival. Yep. And um, I guess my first question for both of you is how hard is it to make a 30 second funny, like actually legitimately funny video for a client? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just depends on the client. Yeah, it depends on the client and the content. And and most of the time, we generally come up with the the funny and humorous, like, ideas, like, right off the bat. You know, we know how we can take this dry content and make it more lively or more funny or um, more humorous. It's about convincing the client to do yeah. that. And oftentimes, they say they are up front, like, oh, yeah, we'd like to do something different and funny or quirky. And then... Once you really get into the project, they start to water things down and it becomes a typical yeah. dry sort of corporate in some cases, like not always. Like sometimes we get clients like we had a we're able to uh, work for a client called Plum Voice a couple of years ago. They do um, voice automation systems. So okay. Like when you call your bank, you know, and it's like like they ask you for your your account number and then they direct you in like one direction or another and it's all automated to a certain extent and unless you specifically ask for a customer service agent but they wanted to do a a, um a character for their video and have the character be the narrative and sort of guide the viewer through the the information um in that particular video and we were able to convince them to do a spokes monster so instead of like a a typical um character or like person human we convince them to do a like a furry green monster character that that cameron designed and at one point in the first video i think it was we dressed him up like um oh yeah uh breaking bad like uh oh what's his name um anyway Uh, brian cranston for breaking bad and he's in a he's in a yellow hazmat suit with like earmuffs and like science goggles on you know and like they loved it's, it. They loved it, yeah. And we try to do that kind of thing as much as we can. And I think that that makes the content we create more enjoyable, especially because we do a lot of um, we do a lot of work in the tech industry, and like oftentimes, like learning about blockchain technology or cloud computing services can be kind of dry and not so fun. But if you can interject humor and and uh, and those kind of things into the animation via the dialogue and the visuals as well. It makes people want to watch the, the video that's been created. Like it makes them like want to learn about what's going on. It, it keeps your viewers engaged, especially in this time where like people's attention spans are so short now, you know, like <laughs> yeah. how do you keep people engaged? Even in, in a 90 second video, it's, it's hard to get someone to watch 90 seconds of content. And if you can make it funny and humorous, you have a much better chance of keeping them engaged and watching the entire length of the video. 
they ended up using that spokes monster in other places throughout their site too. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things that maybe they didn't foresee going in, but got so excited about it. So not only did we use it in the video, they also used it in graphics on their website and he became, it became a life of its own on their website. So it's, it's one of those like to back, back to your original question, like it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to convince clients that it's worth taking the risk because a lot of times I think there's so much fear with doing something funny that either you're going to offend someone or it's they're not going to be taken seriously or it's going to distract from their message but a lot of times like if you are willing to take that risk so many positive things can come out of it as well like like the spokes monster for instance now it has a life of its own it can it can go on into other avenues of your business, and um, I don't know. It's worth worth it to us. It's like, definitely worth it to me. I feel like it to take that chance separates yeah. their content from their competitor. You know, if they're willing to do things a little bit differently, I think it can help separate um, the client from whoever their competitors are in the rest of their market. Yeah. So it's about being memorable, right? There's yeah. so many options with whatever field you're in, any market, it's like you have to find a way to stand out and I feel like being funny. Yeah, because if you think about it, like when you're watching television or you're watching pre-roll ads on YouTube, like if you look back at the last couple of years, like in your life and say, what TV advertisements do I remember? Right. Like what advertisements do you remember? The, you know, are on the, the spot, Matt. <laughs> well, fine. I cut for, the cord, but let me think oh, about yeah. like the Super Bowl ads. For um, me, it's always the humorous ones. It's always stuff that's really sort of goofy and like funny. You know, like one of the ones that comes to mind for me is that uh, there's a Geico commercial where they have a family eating dinner and they let this yeah. St. Bernard <laughs> on the table. <laughs> and he, the St. Bernard just begins to plow through all of the food that's on the table. And the, and the ad, I think, is what, five seconds it, long it, or something yeah, like that? It but it continues. If you watch it, it continues. The people stop moving, but the dog continues. Just continues oh, they're to like eat. 3D freeze frame series. <laughs> yeah, okay. I yeah, and it's just like it's, it's so, so different and so funny. Yeah. Or I feel like State Farm, like they have really good funny like TV yeah. advertisements, you know. But there's a funny um, Pepsi commercial right now with Steve Carell. Have you guys seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't. And I mean, it's just Steve Carell is so good at delivering the the waiter comes along and asks if it, they don't have Coke, is Pepsi okay? Oh, and he stands up oh, and he's like, is Pepsi okay? Yeah. Like, is children's laughter okay? <laughs> Are puppies okay? And then he like, he, oh, I forget the rapper's name, but he's like, okay. Oh, and then Lil John. Lil John, yeah. thanks. That's right. You can cut that part out. And then Lil John, he, he swings the camera over to Lil John and, and then Cardi B, I think, walks to the front door too, and it's, and then at the very end, Steve Carell tries to do the okay, <laughs> and he just he totally fails it, and he's like, no. and you know, like just in Steve Carell's awesome delivery, and uh, you know, it's like nothing about the soft drink; it's just playing up this this really simple word, right? Or is something okay? Mm-hmm. But man, it's hilarious. Well, and humor itself is very subjective, right? And there's different tastes. And uh, not wanting to throw shade, but there's the, I can't even remember his name, but he's the comedian with the puppets. 
And so oh. that's my version of hell would be like on a cruise ship. Oh. And, you know, that's everything would be great for eternity. Yeah. And it, like the buffet and all that. But like every night I'd have to go see <laughs> a puppet or a ventriloquist. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. just not my style. But yeah. The yeah. dude has made more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. Yeah. So somebody likes that. And right. so it's just it is subjective. like art. I do fun. like his comedy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do. It's Who uh, is it? Oh, man. I'm like blanking on his name. As soon as you put on the spot. Well, I forgot Little John. He's so. got like three or four different little. like ventriloquist dummies, right? He's, yeah. Uh, he's got the, the little like terrorist skeleton guy and the, the pepper the jalapeno pepper yeah the jalapeno if anybody's listening they're screaming at the speakers <laughs> oh, right now man. because we'll look that up oh man okay. i can't, I can't remember Ron, his name i love that we'll guy put that in the show notes <laughs> i seriously do i love i love that guy oh man saw so, I me mean, right there yeah yeah that's, that's a good point for sure yeah um i mean it makes gonna, me want to think of like good, the yeah, bottom fire it up, it up. Yeah. <laughs> like the origin of like sense of humor like mm-hmm. the the phrase like everyone has their own sense of what's funny i don't know or just uh it's something that you just innately feel i haven't read the humor code yet but we just started it okay um it does look really interesting it's um, fascinating yeah it it's some one of those things like we all take for granted and then it's like yeah why why do i think that's funny why is that more successful than something else? Or if just the timing or delivery was a little different, would that have been funny? Or um, some topics like just don't go there. Like I don't think anything having to do with like sexual assault should ever be joked about. But that's, I mean, people do it all the time, especially female comics too. But maybe it helps raise awareness. So, yeah. It's kind of it's a really interesting topic. I'm excited to learn more about it and read that read the humor code. Well, I had it framed uh, not uh, at a concept reframe for me. Let me describe it better that way about like the murder mystery. Yeah. So going to like a, a dinner party for a murder mystery, right? Even though it's comical and things like, why would that be fun for like the worst thing another human could do? Oh yeah. And I forget where I heard that, but as it was framed in that way, I was like. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Why would you like enjoy solving a crime about somebody? They're not really dead, but I right. just was like, so yeah. now I can't unsee that. And so right. it's like framed for me in a different way that why should that be amusing, even though it's in, in, yeah. innocent. But like, to your point about the, the sexual assault, like, yeah. nobody's going to a, a, a rape dinner party. Yeah, no. You know, like, why yeah. would that would be okay. No. So why is murder okay? Yeah, I don't know. We're Sorry to mess- kill the We're vibe. all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave. Why wah, don't you guys talk wah. without me? <laughs> no, I mean, it's all really interesting. The things that get kind of like desensitized, that we get desensitized to. And like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see but, over and over again. But yeah, but I think humans just have, are drawn fascination. to like, or fascination with like murder mystery. It's a really popular subject for you know movies tv podcasts books <laughs> yeah i mean that particular genre is oh, probably totally. like bigger than most others you know so there's just yeah. something about it that people are drawn to you know I don't, i'm not particularly into it but 
our other animator, Natalie, she loves murder mystery <laughs> stuff. She's always coming to, coming to work like, you guys got to listen to this podcast about this, like, murder mystery. And I was like, Natalie, you're always listening to, like, these, like, Anything about and she murder. likes, like, the true life, like, murder mystery stuff, too. Yeah. It's just not part of my emotional diet. Like, I yeah. am very strict, yeah. like, what I listen to and what I watch. And for me, it's yeah. got to be not positive in the sense of like sugary but things that are like the air jordan documentary i watched that oh, yeah or but there's elements of design there or somebody that's yeah. overcome something challenging yeah. yeah i don't do stuff against kids i don't do the crime stuff because yeah i i don't i'm not opposed to that i know you have to look at both sides of both light and dark but yeah for me what i what energizes me is like the creative challenge. So I like musical documentaries and mm-hmm. design documentaries and things like that. And yeah. it's, again, it's all, if it's art, it's all going to be different. It's all going to be people's personal preference. It's yeah. not wrong. It's just different, but there's yeah. some stuff that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Like ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah. The guy's name is Jeff Dunham. Yes. Oh, Jeff thank Dunham. you. Yeah. Thank you. Mystery solved. I'm surprised I spaced his name. Cause I, oh. I definitely enjoy his, his stand-up specials. It's because you're on the spot. But I think that, like, I agree with you in a sense that, like, I'm not into the murder mystery type of stuff or, like, in those particular genres. I definitely like those, the types of documentaries or stories about people who are, like, overcoming, like, the odds or, like, adversities or, like, whatever they are and they achieve this great thing, you know? Yeah. Which I think is really cool. There's a really good HBO documentary that I watched recently. It's called uh, The... It's uh, <laughs> Momentum Generation okay, on HBO. And it's about surfing, but it's more than that. And it's, it's uh, I'm not really into surfing, but I happened to put it on one day on a snowy Saturday like a few months ago. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's a really great story. Cool. Yeah. There's some really good stories and stuff in there. Nice. It's cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Ruth one of my favorites it. was uh, the documentary on Helvetica font. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I've had people look at me like, wait, you watched what? <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. something camera would enjoy for sure. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I'll but it that goes out. through the history of the font and the usage and like how it was big in the 60s with the, uh, would it be Art Deco maybe? Or sort of like huh. all the Italian racing posters. And I was like, okay. I've been seeing this font my whole life and yeah. I've used it and never really knew. But it was right. just granular, but I totally geeked out on it. Nice. nice. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. I will check that out. One question I always ask creatives is, can you take me through your process, right? So the spokes monster. I'd like to know the, the time and the revisions and iterations and like how it went from the idea to finish and like how long that took and your tools. Because I'm, I'm fascinated about that because I, yeah. I see the yeah. work you do and I'd love to like go as geeky and as detailed <laughs> as you want. Because that's, that's what immediately, as soon as I saw your website, I was like, I want to know everything about that. Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. It's a question we get a lot, um, and rightfully so, because it it is a multi-step process. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people just assume, like, you just, like, snap your fingers and you have an animation, right? Don't you just push the walk cycle button or, (laughs) you know, like, make it move. Um, So, yeah, I mean, every project's a a little different, obviously, depending on what what we're making, what the end product's going to be. But for a, a typical, like, 60 second to 90 second explainer video or product product video um, we always start with a script so mm. the script's got to be nailed down and you know 
perfect before we do anything else. Do so, you get into character development too? I mean, are you taking it that not detail? at that point? No, no. You really got to lock down the the content and the talking points. Okay. Right. So, like, whether we're telling a story or we're introducing a new product or a service for a client, like whatever that content is, we have to generally take quite a bit of information and boil down multiple pages of content into a single page or a, a page and a half of of dialogue and we have to really define okay if we're reducing five or ten pages of content into one page how can we still get across that ten pages of information in 60 seconds or like 90 seconds and so we we go through a a development process with the script where we like really define the core talking points or the story what the tone's going to be what what emotions we're trying to Mm -hmm. elicit and then what's that end goal what are we trying to get the audience to do do we want them to click a button do we want them to learn more do we want them to watch other videos so all of those things like right from the beginning we have to really you have to keep that in mind and that's most important because most of the time we are highlighting a product or a service or you know it's like a product demo or a 90 second explainer video it's like educational in some way and like it helps to define those things first and then once that's defined then you can read the script and go through look at oh i I see that with this particular part of the voiceover, this visual would go really great with this. Or what if we did this? So after we develop the script, we start to throw around ideas for the visuals. Should we throw a character in the mix? Do we have a voiceover that's sort of telling a story? Do we want that story or do we want that narrative to be told by sort of a overarching godlike character that it's just a voice? Or do we want a character on screen who's like talking to the viewer? You know, and so I think the content yeah. like helps determine those specific things. But we spend we spend a few hours usually after the script process, and the whole team gets together and we start tossing around ideas and like bouncing ideas off of one another and and trying to develop yeah. those those ideas that we'll then present to the client and see how they react to it. And we usually present those in a two column format. So the voiceover would be in the left hand column. The right hand column would be visual descriptions of what would happen in each of those scenes. And then if there's a concept that maybe is hard to get, like spokes monster, Mm -hmm. or uh, um, if we feel like some visuals would help explain our ideas, we'll either find, find snippets just out in the interwebs that would, you know, help explain what we're kind of thinking in terms of style, or we'll do some quick sketches or mock-ups just to be like, okay, this is what we think your monster could look like, look like. Um, and kind of go through, um, I guess, a mood board at this point where we're trying to develop. So we have the script defined. We okay. kind of know what our visual ideas are going to be. And then now it's, okay, what is this going to look like? What, what, um, what's the style of illustration? Are we keeping things flat in 2D? Should it have a hand-drawn feel or be really clean? Um, and that's simple. on the mood board. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We'll and start. it's something we would like pair with the script, so you can see these two things together. Um, yeah, and so usually we'll present multiple ideas within the mood board. You know, we'll have like we know for sure this is going to be a two D piece, so like no three D elements, but we'll we'll have a few different like boxes on the mood board that like here's what a hand drawn sketchy style could look like, and here's what a two yeah. D flat like vector style could look mm. like and so we kind of present two or three different options that we would really like to create for that particular piece that would and work well t- for the mm-hmm. content that we're because the style has to match the tone and the motions that you're trying to 
you know, convey too. Like something super happy and bubbly isn't going to be all black and dark and moody and cloudy, (laughs) you know, the colors and the shapes and the forms, all of those things are going to follow the content. Yeah. And it has to fit the clients like branding and their personality as well. So we take those things into account. Yeah, absolutely. But then, I mean, I think from, from, from this point, you, you can really start to see with the defined script, the visual outlines and the mood board, you can kind of start to see how how this thing could come to life. And so now this, this is all considered like pre-production. Okay. And then once uh, the client selects a style from the mood board, we have the script locked, we have those visual ideas locked, um, we would source some voiceover talent. So that's when we, we would go to our sound designer, Zach, who works at the radio farm. Yay, radio farm. Um, <laughs> He would either help us find voiceover talent um, or we'll search for talent ourselves. And then we would provide the client with, you know, four or five different uh, options for yeah. that. Yeah. So we'll get in 50 or more auditions. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. There's and a then, lot of talent. And then, out there. so we got to skim through them, find the top five or so. And then we send those top five to the client. So they decide, you know, who they think should be the voice of their video. And they usually have, you know, we specify usually whether we want it to be male or female, specific age ranges, sound, educated, like goofy, funny, yeah. Or should it be, yeah. And so there's a few things that go into that as well. It's pretty fun to hear different. Yeah. Here soon, we're gonna throw in one of our own takes just to throw them off. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while, where we, where we throw in a goof, submit the five. Top five like VOs that yeah. we think is good, and then throw a sixth one in there that's like me or Cameron doing a super weird interpretation of the, <laughs> like something that's just super strange and weird, you know, yeah. just to like mess with the client. We've really? talked about it forever. Do they really think this is really one of the best ones? Does he think this is gonna work? <laughs> <laughs> it's like just as a joke, you know, just as like a yeah thing. We've yeah. never done it. We should. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> But just, yeah, maybe something just really strange and, like, off the wall, you know. But so yeah. we're at, like, a 50x multiplier, so, like, a 30-second commercial. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about the time to get even to this point. And yeah. so it's, like, it's hours and days and weeks mm-hmm. to even get to the point where you're talking about a thing. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so at each phase, too, we, the client has a has two rounds of revision. So we go back and forth like developing and defining the script. And then once we write in the visuals for that script, we go back and forth and defining the written visuals, what we think should be um, there. And then we do the mood board and then the voiceover. That can be a week to two weeks. Week to two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a week if we're lucky. Yeah, it depends (laughs) on how fast the client gets us like feedback. So like oftentimes we're working with large companies who have like multiple people who have to approve or sign off on something and so that could take a a few days to a week at a time to get feedback we try to i mean try to be really um not strict but just let the client know that it's really important to lock lock these things down now because changes later cause delays and they cost money it just is it, it impacts the process further down because once you start placing keyframes and moving objects if you now want to change the voiceover that impacts all the things that we've designed all those keyframes that we've set the music we have to re-record the voiceover so it just 
it just complicates things and delays things and uh, is not as efficient as it could be. So it's yeah. really in- incredibly important to lock each step of the phase before we move on to the next one. So you really want to make sure, like, we can make, of course, we can make tweaks and changes, but, um, yeah, it's really important that we get clients sign off to move to the next stage before we do any major designing or animating. Yeah, and, like, we set these expectations up front with our client from the very first phone call so that they're aware that we, we, yeah. we do not move on from one phase to the next without 100% sign-off. And it's, it's good, too, because it keeps the client engaged throughout our entire process and then by the end of it the client's very happy they know exactly what it's going to look like they know exactly what it's going to sound like there's no surprises everybody's happy and that's how we get stuff done on time and then yeah and you can catch you can catch things too along well along the way then Mm -hmm. like if once they hear the voiceover and it comes back and something doesn't sound quite right like let's fix it then before we get into animation yeah um so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of places along the way where we can we can catch disasters before they happen. <laughs> yeah. As long as we stick to our our procedure, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so pre-production is usually a week to two weeks and then once the script's locked and the voiceovers recorded and we've got a style, we create the storyboard. So we do fully fleshed out illustrations. So you're gonna know exactly what your video is gonna look like at at the end end of the storyboard process are the storyboards uh charcoal and paper or are you doing those digitally yeah Yeah. we do those digitally yeah it's gonna the illustrations we make are gonna look exactly like the illustrations that will end up in your video okay yeah Yeah. so they're finished illustrations essentially Uh, yeah yeah i mean obviously there'll be some some tweaks and some changes changes. once you start to move things you need to adjust but for the most part colors textures everything you see in the storyboard it's going to translate exactly to the end end product um yeah so once the storyboard's approved then we move into animation and before you can start animation you have to take each of those storyboard scenes and either recreate new graphics or set up the graphics so they can be animated and this is one 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 step that i think people take for granted sometimes like it could be a full day of file prep just to break apart So, for instance, if uh, if you have a character and you have a full-bodied character and you want, they need to be able to walk and have multiple movements. Just for that character alone, he could have fifty-plus parts that have to be on each individual layer. So, left eye, right eye, eyebrows, two, you know, mouth, nose, ears, hair. Maybe the hair has two or three parts. Each each individual thing that needs to move has to be on its own layer in the in Illustrator or Photoshop. And then each scene has to be broken down too. Like, are trees going to need to move independently? Is there grass, a bench, airplanes, clouds? So you have to take those scenes, break them into their individual components, and do that for the full minute. I mean, you can have hundreds of or thousands of, of layers. Yeah. Yeah. It can get pretty complicated. You have to make sure you're naming things correctly. We have a, a team of three animators, so we have to make sure that we're doing things consistently so that. If I do all the file prep, then Austin goes in to open those files. He knows scene one means the first scene in the video. And all of the layers are mm-hmm. are named accordingly so he can see how the file is laid out and how it matches the storyboard. So he can jump into animation very quickly and easily. Um, but then even when you import that file into Illustrator, 
there's some file prep there too. Like, um, if, if like when you're building a character, you have to then rig that character, which means like you want to parent the eyes to the face, the nose to the face, or does the mouth need to have, does, is it speaking? Do we need to make a whole mouth rig? So we have, you know, the 20 different mouth shapes that we can run through. Um, I mean, character animation is a whole beast in and of itself, but it could it could take two or three days just to file, like to organize the file, bring it into After Effects, and set up the rig. Like you haven't even made it move yet. It could be, you <laughs> wow. know, yeah, three yeah. or four days, and that's just for your main character. Yeah. So. And one thing you didn't mention too, like the storyboard itself, depending on the length of the video, that can take Cameron and our other animator Natalie, who's also. A, an illustrator like that can take the two of them an entire week just to create all the illustrations for the storyboard yeah and i mean you can you can do these things faster right we were talking about it like when you can go home and think about it for a while or just uh with any creative endeavor when you have a little bit of time to let it just like sit and percolate you come back back the next day and you're like oh you know what would be so cool if it if we transitioned this way or what if we introduced this shape um, always when clients are like, hey, can we make this video in a week? Like, yeah, we can, but it's not going to be nearly as cool as if or as effective if you gave us the, enough time to really, like, think and process and, uh, you know, let's come up with 10 ideas and then pick the best one instead of, like, you have an hour to make this. <laughs> the first idea that comes, that's mm-hmm. what you're getting, you yeah. know? So, um yeah. But yeah, so yeah, story storyboarding goes into file prep, and then we start animating. Yep. And animation usually one, two, or all three of us are working on working on the project. Usually, it's probably one or two animators. Usually. And we can get the first cut done in about a week. A week to two weeks, depending on the. To ten, yeah. With the complexity, but yeah. I'd say on average it's about a week. That's for the first cut, yeah, and then client gets us feedback, and then second round of edits or a, a day two days usually we you know we really try to nail it on that first delivery so that there's only some minor tweaks to be done for the second round and then yeah after we're done with animation so that's hopefully like a week and a half to two weeks and then we ship off that final locked animation to our sound designer and he adds all the all the coolness that really yeah, makes really, the animation come to life it's really important like the sound design is yeah. something that I think a lot of people overlook as well. Like that you just don't really notice in animated movies or animated content, like in general, when it's not there, it's really noticeable when it is there. You don't notice, but it's, that's, that's the point, right? You yeah. don't want to hear every individual sound effect, but if it's done well, it really brings the animation to life. It just, it's, heightens it's really every... crucial. Like it heightens the visuals. Yeah. 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 A swoosh or a drop or mm-hmm. something moving quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, once the animation or once the sound design's added, we render it and send it out to the world, and there's hugs and high fives. That's how we end every project. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hugs um, and high fives. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a long-winded process, but there are. Um, it's it's much more extensive than people realize. And once we do start a project with our client, like they're unaware of it too. And they're like, oh, wow, okay, now I see why this takes four to six weeks. And we say that, they're like, oh, I didn't realize it would take so long. And once we go yeah. through the process with them, and oftentimes it takes longer than six weeks. It goes eight or 10 or 12 weeks if we're not getting speedy feedback from the client. And we, can, we tell them that, like, look, we can do this in four weeks, but it's probably going to take longer because 
you have five people on your end that have to approve everything and we don't move on from one step to the next without those right. without the approvals and so that can i mean like some projects can drag on for months <laughs> it's <laughs> annoying always, but it can but happen yeah yeah, yeah. Well, the, the level of detail is, it takes me back. I used to be a software engineer for a medical oh, cool. device company. Oh, cool. Oh, and yeah. so when you're talking about the, the name protocol and the structure and all that, it yeah, it's why I'm not an engineer anymore. But yeah. the level of just uh, design controls reminds me of you know, some of the best software engineering because ultimately that's what you're building is yeah. A, yeah. a machine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Um, and it made me really uncomfortable hearing all that level of detail because I was like, <laughs> wow, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. follow that procedure though. And it makes, it keeps things yeah. simple and a lot less stressful. Like we just, we have, we have a very specific order in which we do things. And then we stick to that on every single project with every single client. You know, we don't deviate from that. It just keeps projects get completed on time. Clients always happy. There's not a lot of like hiccups along the way. It's it, like things run pretty smoothly. I would say. Yeah. Good communication. Yeah. That's what yeah. it it's really all comes important. down to. Yeah. yeah. I had to learn that the hard way in my adult life is that order and structure doesn't kill creativity. It fosters it because mm-hmm. you're right. not panicking or I wasn't panicking. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I have had to learn that I'm either going to pay time to get organized or i'm gonna pay the time to find stuff yeah and i hate looking for stuff more than i hate getting organized yeah so it doesn't come natural yeah. and it, it, maybe it doesn't to anybody but yeah you're absolutely yeah. right like it doesn't kill the creativity it fosters it because you're mm-hmm. not trying to come up with a file name it's like oh no this is project this underscore that underscore that it's like you take the decision fatigue out of it yeah 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 no, that's a good way to exactly. put it exactly yeah and there is really like there's no panic along the way because things are just getting done when they're supposed to be getting done you know well and if you and also if you just allow people to have keep changing things endlessly it it not only takes longer but i think it also just starts to water down the final product it does you yeah. just you keep tweaking you keep messing ultimately always the like the first iteration is usually the best one that you that you've done and yeah there's there's always going to be you know 10 or 15 ways you can approach a challenge and yeah we can try this and we can try that you keep meddling and you keep adding extra <laughs> ingredients it's like cooking right like sometimes just some salt and pepper like that's all you need let's let's end it and go on like, yeah keep adding more spices and adding more opinions and if you let people just continue to keep meddling and fiddling. I think it, it ends up watering down your final product. So. Yeah, and it makes the process take longer and there's yeah. headaches or arguments along the way. So we're really, really good about keeping our clients in, in line is kind of a strong like, way to say that. <laughs> but like, we're really good about setting those expectations with our clients up front. Like, look, here's our process. You get two rounds of revisions at each stage no more than that if you go over that you're gonna pay our hourly rate if you go over that like like there's no there's no negotiation on this sure and we we detail all of our our working agreements and our contracts with exactly what is happening throughout the project what we're delivering at the end all those things so that when we do have that client who's like oh we want to change this or 
add on this or like whatever it is when we do come back to them and say hey this is going to cost extra and take more time they're like okay sure yeah and there's no there's no fuss you know like there's like all right cool because they knew about it up front and so everybody's happy yeah it's important to set expectations and mm-hmm. then clearly communicate along the way. Yeah, and right. When there's clear communication, like we're always happy to make extra changes or do extra rounds of revisions. It's just time is our most valuable asset. So if we've agreed that we're going to spend four weeks on this and it ends up taking eight, like, you know, you're using double our time, something that we could have been spent on another project. So as long as people understand, like, we're all in this to make the best possible product and to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible so that you can share it with the world and then we can continue to make it make projects for other people. I mean, we're all, I think, in line with the same same goals. So now I'm rambling, but. <laughs> no, no, I love that. And it's, everybody assumes that time is free. That's yeah. the biggest yeah. challenge. And, it is. And my question about your process, did you start with the process in place or did additional processes and checks come in because you had clients that went off the reservation and then is it a evolving process or did you know it going in i think we evolved it yeah we had a general idea of like our process from the very beginning but it did evolve it did evolve a little bit over the first couple of years of running our studio and then once we locked that into place it's been the same for yeah three four years now it's Mm. been exactly the same we haven't changed it because we know that this process works really well yeah we've had great success with it yeah i think it's it's little things along the way like um things that we didn't anticipate or hadn't hadn't uh experienced before um for instance like uh a client that just all of a sudden stopped responding for a month is that project dead now do we they have paid us, but they've now disappeared. So, hmm. like, what do we do now? We feel bad because they've paid us, but they didn't use our time. So, is it still, like, they paid for our time, but they didn't use it? So, if you need to restart the project, there's a new fee? How do you handle those things? So, um, we have, like, very specific verbiage in our contract now, like, if you do not respond to us within two days, we will, con- or two days, two weeks, we will consider the project completed. And if you need to restart, there'll be a restart fee. Or, you know, just again, like being really clear up front and communicating, like, if you guys ghost us, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's only happened once. But yeah, we yeah. had to add that into our working agreements because it did happen once. There's been a few little things like that that have they happened. They came back over like years, a year but... later and yeah. we're like, no oh, hey. Yeah. Can we get can we get that video now? <laughs> we're like, that was a year ago. Yeah. I have no idea what the project was about. It's going to take a week to get my team back up to speed on. Yeah, you've lost the flow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like now yeah. technology has changed and like <laughs> how we're going to build this thing. We have to totally rebuild it. And um, just, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer than in the way we priced it was as a bundle. Like we do all three of these together. And so that makes our side more efficient. We can do things faster for you for less money. Mm-hmm. But now that you've delayed it for a year, we no longer <laughs> have those efficiencies. So, you know, trying to explain that to someone that's like, but I paid for it. I'm like, but you paid for our time. Um, 
but obviously we 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 uh we value our client relationships immensely so we we made it for them you know we're like you're right like you paid us we want to help you but please in the future (laughs) this is how it has to work yeah Um, because yeah yeah i think we were able to find a compromise on that right it was supposed to be we did yeah four videos we produced two they came back a year later like hey we want the other two videos now we're like we got to find some compromise. We compromise, and we just did one additional video instead of right. four. We right? Did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it worked out. Yeah, like it wasn't terrible, but it was not ideal. That's for sure. No, because it came out of the blue. We just yeah, they had totally disappeared. So, mm. <laughs> and then it's hard. Like when we have to schedule our time, we can't overbook ourselves because you know that just again isn't isn't great for the people we're working for. We want to be able to dedicate the appropriate amount of time. And so we have to be very um, uh, conscious of when, how we're booking and scheduling our projects. And so if things get delayed significantly, they can bump into other projects. And uh, if someone shows up out of the blue a year later, it's like, oh, hey, we need that video. It's like, well, we're booked in, you know, until May. So sorry, you'll have to wait until June. So those are just uncomfortable conversations we like to try to avoid yeah can't always but we do our try to do our best just, again to communicate and be as clear and um uh, accommodating as we can so hopefully hopefully that resonates with people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's like something that when we talk to other new entrepreneurs or business owners or whatever that's one thing that i always try to point out it's like have very clear expectations on every project no matter what it is it doesn't have to be related to animation or like video production or anything it's Mm -hmm. like no matter what have a clear working agreement in place and your life will be so much easier yeah yeah and if if you see things going off the rails or you can (laughs) you can foresee potential dangers talk about them now don't wait till they happen yeah you know, say, okay, we've already done two rounds of edits. Like this, this next deliverable will be the final. And if you need extra revisions, that's fine. And it will just be our hourly rate to complete those. So always setting it up in that, in that frame, I think is helpful. Like we can do the work, the extra work outside of what we've agreed to. It will just cost the extra time that it will take us. And usually people are responsive to that and understand. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. It's always interesting. There's always like some little tweak that we've never maybe seen before or encountered before, but um, usually just getting on the phone or emailing and just being really open and honest with with uh, each party. It's it's served us so far. So yeah, hopefully yeah, we're not changing it no. anytime soon. Yeah. So. Well, it's a cool balance hearing the creativity with the scripts and the art and the animation, mm-hmm. but also a very, very savvy business and client management capability. Uh, we try. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So like we don't know what we're doing half the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell, don't them, tell them that. <laughs> Jakes. No, it, it's, it's very cool to hear. And I've worked with local artists for a variety of different, projects and had one I commissioned um like a like a retro like watercolor ad Mm -hmm. and trying to get a budget for my company and I was like 
okay, uh, well, here's the ad deadline. We know that. Yeah. Here's the specs. Like, well, how much is it going to be? Yeah. He's like, just pay me whatever you think it's worth. Oh, man, that's like, the worst. I can't send that to my CFO. No. <laughs> and that's the worst, too, because it's, it's like you immediately want to do it for as cost effective as you can like get the work done for right and so right. if you're like okay well i think if she in her mind thinks she's this piece of artwork is two thousand dollars and you suggest 500 now she's insulted that you right think yeah less yeah. of her or whatever that's like the worst one artists like do i think on a yeah fairly regular basis so just doing what you think it's... like my time and effort and whatever is worth and if it's if it's more you know i mean like you have no idea what they're thinking it could be way outside your budget or it could be too low or whatever and so yeah you're like no you gotta give me an actual price how much is your how much do you think your time is worth yeah because that's important you know what i mean like how much do you think your time and skill and education is worth yeah and you'd be surprised people are willing to pay good money for quality work you know, yeah. that's something like we had to get over in the beginning like of our business when we started increasing our prices we started out like i think the very first like explainer video we did was i think we did it for what 1200 bucks yeah or something crazy small yeah and now we're charging for that same exact thing we're charging fifteen thousand dollars for it and it was because we were afraid it's two months of work of for four people so yeah yeah and it's not because we didn't charge that much because we didn't think that we could do a good job. It was because we were afraid to ask for what we thought our time and education and skills were worth at that point in time. And we learned that yeah. over the course of a, of a couple of years. Like, no, this is how much we charge now because you're getting quality work, skill, education, and those kind of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We're good Just, at what we do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pay for that. Right. Yeah. right. And you can trust we're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to see you mm-hmm. through to the end of the project. We're not just going to disappear. We're an established business. We've been doing this for six years. We have great customer service. Yeah. Um, that should be worth something, yeah. I think. Right. Um, and you don't want those clients anyway if they're going to chisel you on that. Right. Yeah. And that's right. what we learned that anyone who comes to us and, and like we do our best to work within our clients' budgets. And like sometimes it's, three grand or five grand or like whatever the number is we do our best to work with people that especially like up and coming like businesses or like tech startups or nonprofits especially that are mm-hmm. doing good in the world and they just don't have a lot of money and we like to help those people so we don't like have this mentality whereas whereas if you don't have 15 grand you can go kick rocks it's not like that at all <laughs> but we do get the occasional like hey can you make this three minute long animation for 500 bucks we're like nope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we cannot Unfortunately. Yeah. Have you done an explainer video about your process? We have not. No, we've, talked we've talked about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about a, we talk about a lot of things. A lot of stuff. It never <laughs> Make your clients to... watch it before they it, can actually sign it. You have to watch. I know. It's like the in-flight yeah. safety demonstration. <laughs> we have. Yeah, we That's have. That's how we a, should start. Fasten your seatbelts. We have a process page on our website that kind of briefly like details the different steps, but it still doesn't give you much insight into like the amount of work that goes into it each step you know yeah we should do that yeah get on that and we we need a month i know a free time which doesn't usually happen we start personal projects all the time we have like a week of downtime start something like hey we've been talking about doing this thing let's (laughs) do this cool project and it gets like 
I don't know, not even halfway completed. And then we get super busy with client work and then it's on the back burner for a year. And then by that time, you're just like, you're over it. (laughs) You're not even even interested in it anymore. You know, so that's happened quite a, quite a bit, actually. We should do a process video though. We're working on our reel right now. And then like a capabilities video. Oh. Because I think sometimes um, even just looking through our website, people still don't quite understand um, like really what they're looking at. So what is 2D animation? What is, what is motion graphics? What does kinetic type mean? Um, illustration versus graphic design, character animation, logo animation. I mean, there's all of these different you know, types of animation. And so hopefully this will help break it down into those little digestible chunks mm, yeah. that people can see, okay, oh, we can mix photos and and illustrated elements and oh, or we could just use line lines to to create mm-hmm. artwork or yeah tell the story um so hopefully that will help i think that'll help too yeah so then it, it like they can see how it relates to something that might be applicable for them or their business or their marketing or like whatever instead of just seeing mm-hmm. like oh here's this cute colorful goofy animation but like i own a tech company we're making like medical devices like i don't see how this relates to what i do but if we can mm-hmm. break it down in a, in a better way we're like well no you know like we can explain how your medical device works in a very simple and effective easily digestible way you know for their to be used by their sales team yeah, or that's... direct public or like whatever like whoever the audience might be and so i think we there's nothing like that on our site or, or on like online for us that well, it's, it is frustrating sometimes. I feel like we, we talked to somebody recently on LinkedIn, too. It's like, I just don't relate to anything on your site. And I was like, okay, so you, he works in AI, artificial intelligence. And um, I was like, well, you know, we, we work for companies like Microsoft and Intel, Amazon, that have very detailed techno, technical products that we have to distill into, you know, s- simple stories. Can you relate to that? Can you, like, how can, um, if people don't see the exact thing they're looking for, it's like mm. they can't tell that we are storytellers. We we can take complicated information and talk to your audience that you're looking to communicate with. We, we're able to take large amounts of information, distill it into the most important parts, make it look really fun and interesting, and get people to react to it or do something. So it's it's frustrating when someone's like, we don't see the exact thing on your website. Well, we haven't made it yet. Let's work together. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, because everything the we... The essence <clears throat> there is, I would hope people can relate to, or like how you can communicate that yeah. more effectively with people. It's hard though, too. Yeah. Because like everything we do is completely custom. Like everything that's on our website is like one of a kind for every client. We don't use stock right. illustrations or graphics or like templates for anything. Everything is one off for that particular client for that particular instance or product. You know, we've had clients like long-term clients that have multiple videos they've produced with us and they, each of them are slightly different depending on the audience or the content or mm-hmm. yeah, like messaging or whatever it is, you know? So it's, it's difficult to convey that to people you know, like, no, we, this is like, we like what we do because we get to make a new thing every single time. 
Like every single project we've ever created was different from the last one yeah. in some form or another. That's the best part. So does yeah. that client, that interaction on LinkedIn, does mm-hmm. that initial communication raise red flags for you? As in the viability of them being maybe even beyond a challenging partner that maybe they won't ever get it, even if you do work together? Not necessarily. Yeah. From my point of view, it, like my first thought was, okay, what are potentially what are we doing wrong or what can we do on our website like, differently mm-hmm. they can they can show him how what we do is applicable for him or her or whatever yeah you know what i mean like is there something we can do differently to it's more of a challenge help him understand what we do and how it can yeah. be effective you know like i look at it from that point of view almost immediately like like what can i do differently like what can we do as a team Absolutely. differently? what can we convey a different message or have a new like page on our website to like Outlines, and that's why we're implementing this uh, um, uh, process video, or the what are we calling it? The capabilities. Yeah, the capabilities video yeah. that outlines the very separate things that we can do. You know, because you see it on our website, but it's kind of like you have to scroll through our our work page and view our demo reel, and it's not 100% clear to some people. And so we're learning that like they just to, don't read anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's Words. true. People don't want to read. Especially when they're on our phones, so I get it. I don't like reading, like text on a website on my, on my phone. If I'm like browsing someone's site on my phone, it's easier just to watch a quick video. Or sure. Something, you know? I think to Austin's point, though, we always try to approach it as we're educators, like mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like even if you don't want to work with us, like we want to help you understand how video is going to help you, or how the process works, or just help you have a greater understanding of. Um, this medium and how it's beneficial. So mm-hmm. if someone is like, Oh, I don't really relate to what we see on your site. That's cool. But maybe we can connect you with someone that does more of what you need because we don't do everything. You know, we, we don't do live action. We don't do hyper realistic 3d work. And if we can pair you with someone that can help you better, we're going to do that because it makes us feel better and you get the thing you want. So yeah. Uh, really anyone that asks a question we're excited about it because we love what we do and we want to share um, whatever we can Yeah. to make people feel more confident about using video or or just finding what they need. So. Well, both of your responses were very telling and it, it helps me crystallize why I think we connected so quickly is that your response was free of any ego because your first response was if they don't get it, maybe it's us. Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah. you were talking about your rates and your quality and mm-hmm. all that, it was confidence without arrogance. Oh, good. And <laughs> yeah, and it's like, hey, we're good at what we do, yeah. but it wasn't like, hey, we're the best in Denver. Like there was none of that. And yeah. so that's been a great gift for me to talk to many people throughout these episodes where there's just no ego and it's so refreshing and it's like what can i do to help them and yeah you would turn away business if it wasn't a fit but you still help them and then oh, yeah. somebody has a question about your website well they're not an, not an idiot like yeah. well what can we do to help them so it's just yeah it it kind of show and it helps me articulate like seeing your website and seeing your your videos it's like that 
that's the intangible that I was like, I was feeling it. But as soon as you talked about that, I was like, sure. Yeah. That helps me understand it so much better. How can I think we it's... let more people know that? <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is a good like marketing exercise. Yeah. Well, like you're helping this us, would help. <laughs> yeah. you're helping yeah. us distill down or like, we're always asking this question, like, why do people enjoy working with us? What is the magic and tangible thing that maybe we haven't noticed ourselves or how can we communicate that better? Because when you're meeting new people and they don't know you, right, it's establishing that trust and they can look at your work and they can talk to you on the phone. But how do you how do you get past that into engagement and um, like, look, we're going to it might be a little bit more expensive than you thought, but you are going to you're going to have so much fun working with us (laughs) and and you're just going to get such a great video at the end and it's just going to be all love and hearts and rainbows and kittens hugs and high fives yeah yeah, which we put on our website yeah um have you asked for client referrals like within that context like i know they're letting you use your videos but have they sat down and said that cameron and austin like this like when they're saying it about you it's so much different like that's That's why i want this to be yeah you know your like you're cool people, but I wanted your story to be told in a long form way like this. But yeah. Yeah. if your customers are talking about you, that goes way further than. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We have had yeah. a handful of uh, long-term client relationships over the years and we've definitely like asked them for referrals or introductions to other businesses or colleagues or other like departments within their business to see if they Mm-hmm. can utilize our services and so it's definitely something we're not shy about asking it's yeah. not necessarily something we ask of like a one-off a client right but those long-term relationships like the clients that we know like really well and have a good rapport with we definitely do that yeah and that's been effective mm-hmm. yeah. I guess yeah it's, it's been more really effective. like it is trying like why work with us versus another motion design studio what is the what's the thing and I hate that it always comes down to money like, okay, uh, like client X has gone out and they've t- talked to us and Mass Effects and Legwork or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the, what's the magic thing of why you picked one studio over the other? Was it just money? I feel like it's always just the quote or the budget. And maybe that's, that's it. It's just comes down to money. But is there, um, is there something else that we can, uh, we can talk about more or emphasize more. I mean, we try to all the time that it isn't mm-hmm. just about money. And, you know, we'll cr- we want to create a relationship. We want you, like, we want you to be part of the herd. Like, let's let's have a, it's not a one-off thing we, w- we want to do here. We want to, we want to help you grow and succeed for long-term, um, long-term projects. So, I don't know. It's just interesting and curious if there is a more of a separator that we could um, <clears throat> we could talk about or well my my more. sales experience and my sales training I was like I've got all these ideas on that sort of stuff which yeah. might be outside the scope of this because I want it to be about you guys but yeah it's like I think the law of attraction works there as well when mm-hmm. you are who you are and in I think if you know yourself and know your values, yeah, those you'll attract those people, and then maybe either explicitly or indirectly, the other ones get filtered out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's I true. Think, yeah, 
I think we've had a few instances where we're like bidding on a project and we have a call with the client and the client sort of gets an initial like 20 minute mm-hmm. call with us and I feel like Cameron's very personable over the phone I think she connects with people like pretty quickly and she's just has a fun lively like personality and, and I think oh, that yeah, they're thanks, not like I'll attest to that <laughs> I imagine it like oh thanks I imagine that sometimes when when you know like we like with this um uh, another group uh, yeah project or whatever you know they talked to three or four other companies before deciding who they wanted to work with and then and they had a decent budget and I think that like ultimately they chose us because they felt like they connected with us in some way, and I think that that is like making a good first impression in that regard. Like, really mm-hmm. helps out when you can just be natural and yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like when you do talk to someone, like like when you meet someone, and like immediately you know that that's a, like that they're kind and honest and mm-hmm. whatever. And those are the kind of people that you want to work with. And I think that Cameron yeah. portrays that like almost instantly, like with people. Whereas me, I, like mm-hmm. I'm more reserved, I think, and I tend to just like answer things in yes or no you know? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very i'm very you know short and like to the point a lot of the times and sometimes so think, that's nice too though it is good but i think when you're meeting a client for the first time i think cameron's personality really comes through and shines when we're trying to bid on work and we can actually get a chance because i feel like if we get a chance to talk to the client we have a very high chance of of getting the project if we can just like speak to them yeah yeah, my strength yeah. as a salesperson is definitely vocal or in person on mm-hmm. the phone, however that shakes out. Like, yeah. I can write well, but it's the, the body language and the connection and the personality that mm-hmm. yeah. is where I, I like to think I excel. And it, it's a differentiator for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. It, okay. I mean, it's interesting, though. I mean, sometimes we, we talk to people, it's all finding those little connections, right? Where, True, yeah. you know, sometimes we're talking to the ski ski like professional skiers i got nothing but austin can jump in there <laughs> and can just talk about all you know the sweet po <laughs> po po is that something is that a thing pow, pow. Po, yeah. po. god damn pow, it pow. i even i even fucked that up oh i'm such an idiot yeah, yeah. but she's right though. like sometimes every once I in a made while my point. like i connect with the client like more than she but that's does, endearing but... though that's this being open and vulnerable sorry yeah, to, sorry yeah no but... the cameron's just very honest about who she is she doesn't try to impress people you know and like i don't either but i just i'm very short but cameron she's just like her personality comes across like instantly and it's kind of make me cry <laughs> it's, it's really it's nice it's very uh yeah i mean there's not a lot of just like super kind honest like people in the world you know like i'm very fortunate that you're my business partner especially because you know not once in six years have i ever worried about you know like you skimming money off the top or just those things <laughs> that like they're like they're, a lot of people with business partners well, have to worry about idea. these like have to worry about their partner doing this yeah. that and other thing and like cameron just like you know like you put your your you're just real you know like like there's Not nothing fake. like fake about you and so <laughs> there's just this hundred percent like trust and i think that comes across with like with strangers you're just kind and honest to everyone no matter who they are what they do and i think it shows oh thanks well i mean it just goes back to like that's the way i want to be treated 
So that's how I'm going to treat other people. Yeah. You're the same way. You don't, you don't necessarily show that immediately, but Austin is the most kind and caring person I've ever met and would do anything for anyone. Like I'm family. Like I feel that 100%, even if I, you know, if we lost touch and disappeared for years if I came back and was like I need a place to stay or food to eat Austin's you know taking care of me so I know that I don't have to question it I wouldn't even have to ask so yeah it's a real special thing when you find find a business partner that you can just trust um like a hundred percent yeah there's just no question you know like yeah your family you know what I mean it's just like one of those things that like we've known, like we've had the opportunity to talk with numerous other entrepreneurs or people that have had business partners or that, you know, split up for one reason or another. And it's usually because one business partner can't trust the other business partner for whatever reason, you know, they're just not holding up their end of the bargain, not putting in the same amount of time and effort or they're stealing, which is awful that this, you know, that even happens, but yeah, you know, like, we're, they want different things. They want different things or like whatever. And I feel like that we're almost always on the same page about things. And then when yeah. we do disagree from time to time on, on certain things, one of us will usually concede to the other. No, because like I do this, no, like, yeah. like when I feel str- like, you know, like when one of us feels super strongly about the way we should Absolutely. approach a project or the way we need to deal with a client who's being a problem or whatever, it's like that gut feeling almost always like a hundred percent of the time like works out in the end yeah you know whereas yeah and so it's Definitely. just like you know you gotta trust your partner like sometimes even if you like disagree with them in that moment so i think that's happened on numerous like occasions for both of us and it always works out yeah i mean we and then like with the communication same like with our clients if we feel like something is off or one of us is upset like let's talk about it mm-hmm. and usually um both Austin's a lot better I'm the one that gets all worked up and he's really good at listening (laughs) and being calm calming me down and we talk through it I always feel better always like I can see his point of view then I really appreciate like he's always open and honest with me and um yeah I really can't imagine working with anyone else so (laughs) really feel really really lucky in that regard that's your marketing right there. I'm yeah. going to assume your consultant role just for a second, but yeah. just that description of your relationship and when yeah. you're talking about the <clears throat> the happy happy hungry herd. Yeah. You're not just paying that lip service, right? Like yeah. you know, whatever I'm trying to think of that company where it's like when you're here your family, whoever that oh, is, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a slogan, right? right. Yeah. But you guys are living this as your values, right? And yeah. if I was going to coach you up at all yeah. i would say like that message has to shine through to your clients because like, yeah that's so it's interesting powerful yeah like it's your values and you're living it right and yeah. it's like the way we treat each other is the way we're going to treat you and yeah that, i could see that as a huge tipping point for business yeah for yeah. you guys gaining clients yeah that's interesting how never, much do we owe you Matt? i never would have <laughs> thought, <laughs> okay. i never would have thought about that because we do that with buy me a cup of coffee with, we're okay good, good. <laughs> we can do that because we do so that with, cool. like, we treat Natalie and Rachel, our other employees, the same way we treat each other, you know? Like, we don't treat them just like they're employees either. They're, like, team yeah. members or family members. And we're open and transparent about, like, 
the details of our business with them too, so that everybody knows what's going on. Right. Everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's. No. I don't know. We just were like, I personally want our our studio to be a place where like everybody enjoys coming to work every day. You know, and if everyone's open and honest with each other, and there's transparency about mm-hmm. even like business finances and projects that are coming in and clients that aren't paying on time, and if the whole team is aware of those things, then we're all on the same page, and there's no, there's no issues. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Just makes for a better environment, mm-hmm. better, better in product too. If everyone feels involved and like their opinions count, and, yeah, and everyone's then, aware of what's going on, and people feel like people are much more likely to work hard if they feel like they have an investment in in what they're doing you know and if we're open and transparent with natalie and rachel like they're gonna put in the extra effort like put in the extra time like when needed because you know they want to see us succeed as badly as we want to succeed you know yeah team effort yeah yeah Yeah. i think that trust goes a long way yeah it it goes a long way with the right people yeah. yeah. So if you're sharing the, the business, good and bad, and the mm-hmm. challenges, and mm-hmm. you trust them, and then it's not even a thought about them putting in the extra effort because yeah. I think that belief, I think it's even above trust, it's that belief in them that mm-hmm. that really empowers somebody. Like, I, I believe in you, and I trust you, and that yeah. that's the, the fuel that's going to burn longer and hotter than anything else over money or over threats or right, right? Like, i know <clears throat> these stories of hearing people just like getting yelled at or oh, i have a boss who's just like just railing on me or like threatening to fire me i'm like i there's just so far out of our personality scope that and if someone did that to me i would react very poorly <laughs> <laughs> i think a string of expletives and i if, if, finishing with I quit would be how that conversation would go. Cause I just, I don't think there's room for it. I don't think it's productive in any way. No, like we not. are all about uplifting and maybe making people feel good. Like we obviously we want a good end product. We're going to challenge everyone to do their best and everyone needs to work hard and not everything's going to be Easy. sunshine and yeah. kittens, but um, just the yelling and the like making people feel bad or, screaming I, no how could you create no. something funny i know and I know. entertaining in that environment i know and, and creative right no. like, how could you possibly do that it's it's hard we both previously worked at uh clear channel which is now iHeartMedia, and we generally liked the people that we worked with but we it loved was, the people we worked with we no like we <laughs> all honestly the did people. like the people on our like in our department were yeah. all, like really great to work yeah. with but like being a part of such a big corporation and being holding ourselves to what the sales team wanted and what they thought was creative or interesting or funny was usually the opposite. Right. (laughs) And so we, we had the, there was a lot of times where we just like hated the work that we were producing. And so that's one of the reasons why we quit and started studio hippos. We were just producing terrible content, like crappy, stuff that we weren't like passionate about you know and like that kind of environment just was it was like eating away at us creatively we weren't able to produce anything great you know and so there were some screamers there too yeah there was a few yeah <laughs> there definitely were i mean i, I never personally got I, screamed I, at <laughs> me neither but i, I watched I a couple wa- people get screamed yeah. at yeah it's not fun no it's I just, terrible it is interesting for the person especially like yeah 
it's like we're all adults here like you don't need to like yell at no. someone like they're a like a teenage kid who just got well, caught stealing or something you it know says more I mean? about like, the screamer i think than the person totally getting does, screamed yeah. at but yeah but yeah yeah manage yourself better that's somebody that can't handle that if everything turns into that what happens when there's a real crisis right right right. i think mostly we just learned what not to do or like what we valued Mm. like um okay how would i have handled that situation differently or Mm -hmm. you know i was really young when i worked at clear channel like i'd never i'd never worked in an organization i didn't know like what an account executive was or how these different departments functioned or communicated with one another and so it wasn't maybe like the ideal work but i learned a ton working there just in understanding like uh dynamics between different departments and what's funny to some salespeople is not funny to other salespeople (laughs) Don't joke about getting free stuff from them for doing. <laughs> All right, I'll make you that, you know, email campaign or whatever. But I'm gonna need two tickets to the to the Rockies. <laughs> Some of them are like, oh my god, how could you ever? I'm like, it's a, it was a joke. Like, don't worry about it. Relax. Like, I'm still gonna make it for you. I'm not like blackmailing you or something for some Rockies tickets. Um, anyway, I digress. It. Uh, we learned a lot working there. Yeah. Well, it's going lit. back to your the product you're producing, I've got a folder on my desk of, I think, marketing for marketing's sake. And it's oh, yeah. I'm in the tech space, too. And so I'll be tearing out ads from um, Fast Company and all these other magazines. And it's like, this is garbage. Like, this is trying to get everything in there oh, that you yeah. could possibly can in your print space. Yep. And that's not the point. Yeah. It's the three second rule. Like just have a couple of points or stuff that goes so far the other way where there's not anything in it. And it's like, what is this product? It's so artsy and so um, out there. It's like, Mm -hmm. and that pegs the needle the other way. Yeah. To hit that sweet spot in the middle. It's so hard. Yeah. Especially with video and humor. Yeah. Yeah, It is. You got to find that balance and it's, it's a difficult thing, I think, in life in general is, like, finding a balance with pretty much everything you do. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, that was really zen. That was good. I, I've been, true. I've been thinking <laughs> like, about, like, writing this book for, like, two years now. Do it. About, like, balance, about the different, like, aspects of life that, yeah. like, you can't, you know, it's just, like, you can't have too much of this or too little of that or whatever. It pretty much relates to every kind of like subject matter like you know like with design yeah. if there's too much on the page it looks terrible if there's too little people have no idea what you're <laughs> what you're advertising about you got to yeah. find a balance between those two things like with humor humor's got to be it's got to be relatable you know it can't just be like weird dark humor that nobody understands you know what i mean like even <laughs> if that's your smart. thing but you gotta keep in mind who your audience is and you gotta be smart about it and like find a, a like a balance we do that with animation you know we 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 animate to a, you know, we create rhythm within the animation. We use geometry to decide where things are going to be placed on the screen. You know, we don't just randomly, randomly put stuff <laughs> like together. There's a, you know, there's a, a balance to it. You got to find what's aesthetically pleasing, but you got to squeeze in a bunch of text. You know, you got to, yeah, you got to do these different things. Yeah, and I feel like that's like relates to just like everyday life. You know, you can't like eat 
like and in nature cake every day you know what i mean like he could you feel terrible. You, know, you got to throw in some greens and some protein in there. You got to find a balance of like what makes you feel good. You know, frosting screen. Even though, like, I would love to eat pizza and drink beer every for every meal, yeah. <laughs> but but that's never going to happen because I know what it's going to do to me. You know. Well, and it would lose its luster too. It would, yeah. And I feel like that too. Like when I do have those, like a month, like you know, where I eat pizza every few days and. I'm, <laughs> drinking a beer every night that it's, it's no longer a treat now you know yeah. and so like i back off you know yeah. for a month and I just keep it to like once a week i have like pizza and beer and now it's a, a treat that i look forward to every week you know that, that is a huge struggle though we always have the clients that just they want to put everything into the the mm-hmm. one minute video yeah and it is it's just so hard to convince them that it's by a- adding more you're you're saying less and that mm-hmm. is just not it's not worth it. No one's going to listen to this. You're going to lose your audience and it's not going to be worth anyone's time. Like you have to distill this down into the key points to create curiosity. You have to get people interested in what you're talking about. And if you just read a dictionary definition and talk at them for a minute and try to put in every single feature of your product and every single thing that it can do, <laughs> nothing will stick. Yeah. Nothing will resonate. That's always a struggle. We, but yeah. Yeah. We deal with that a lot. We're like developing the script. We're like, no, we have to have this, no, you this, don't. this, 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 <laughs> it's going to be five minutes long then. And it's going to cost $50,000. And they're like, well, we don't have that much money. Well, <laughs> please pare it down. It will serve you better in the end. Yes. And, and, this day and age everyone's attention span online or on their phone is so short now you know yeah. like that's why explainer videos are 90 seconds or less maybe two minutes at the most but that 60 to 90 seconds is like the sweet spot and it's not because of the information or the creativity part of it it's because that's how long people's attention spans are and so you if have to lucky. cater to that attention yeah. span yeah. yeah but yeah in like 90 seconds if you're lucky but that's why we always try to inject humor into everything because if it's funny people are going to watch it if it's humorous people are going to enjoy watching it and they're going to stay engaged you know and like especially if you're learning how blockchain works like that sounds (laughs) so boring and like for some people it's interesting but to the ceo of some company who needs to implement blockchain has no idea what it is his his it department knows exactly what it is and they're the ones you know like advocating for this new product or or whatever it is, or like implementing this new feature, and like we have to convince the CEO to sign off on it. So how do we, you know, how do we explain blockchain to the CEO of like whatever company it is, mm-hmm. you know? And so we do that through fun, engaging animation, like make it enjoyable. It's a dry subject. Let's make it enjoyable for people to watch, you know? Yeah. And that's the stuff that you remember, the stuff that resonates. Well, I've had blockchain explained to me a couple different times and like one time with sock puppets because it had to get <laughs> distilled down and I still don't remember what that is. I'm yeah. like, wait, is it? But yeah, yeah, you're right. And I remember funny things better. Yeah. yeah. So just dry stuff, not so much, but yeah. if it makes me laugh. Yeah. I think, I think it, Im- at least for me, it imprints like a lot differently. I think that most jewelry. people do, you know, That's like blockchain is right. Chunky jewelry. Oh yeah. No? Is that something different? Pow, popo? Whatever. Screw you guys. I make this assumption, but I think most people remember the funny stuff, yeah. I know. I, 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 I got it. 
I also think marketing in some ways is your best educated guess because it's so subjective with colors and music and mm -hmm. even the style, right? Like, so yeah. like a, a live action video for blockchain versus animation. Some people aren't going to like that. Yeah. And you're, you're a professional, you're taking an educated guess. And mm -hmm. when the salespeople start piling on going, you need this feature, this feature, this feature, they're like trying to roll more dice on that craps table than right. like, oh, well, one of these 15 things has got to capture their attention, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like, let's 80-20 this thing a little bit and right. have yeah. something that's maybe a little broader with less information and capture a wider or, or make a wider educated guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or find that one thing that differentiates yourself from your other... Like, right. I, what, I read an article recently. I was talking about. Um, uh, I'm gonna totally mess this up, but it was basically like, why? Why is Apple like? They're a great example of great advertising because they don't. They don't tell you the features. They show you. They don't tell you that their battery life lasts forever. They show you how much music you can listen to. They don't say we have the most storage. They show all of the videos and pictures you can keep on your phone. So it's not so much about telling, it's about showing mm -hmm. and like creating that, that sense of um, like, I need that. I want that. I need that in my life or that is just um, creating, differentiating yourself with the, the feeling of the product rather than just the, the core elements, mm -hmm. because then you just reduce your product to you're competing on price yeah. you're not create you're not creating that curiosity or that sense of uh community or uh i don't know intrigue because i mean like personally for myself i don't i don't care what the microsoft specs are or the google specs are i like i like the apple products like i like that they all talk to each other there's something about them and that um I don't know that sense of like brand loyalty then um, yeah like that goes a long way like like creating like brand loyalty and just like in one form or another like apple does that with you just the know way that they their just, products yeah like you know their products really well yeah and like other companies do it through customer service or yeah you know, like like different avenues. It's you know like I mean? trying to capture that in a bottle for our clients and trying to explain to them, like listing out all of your services or trying to pack everything into your video doesn't separate you from your competitors. It doesn't make you special. You have to talk about what is, uh, what is, um, what is the feeling you want people to have? What is the, what does it all boil down to in the end? Yeah. What's the story you want to tell? It's people, like humans resonate with stories like they want to hear stories we love storytelling yeah and so like we don't just like list off the information of a particular product or highlight the the benefits of like blockchain like we tell a story within that content mm -hmm. you know as much as we yeah. can anyways and i'm butchering this but i mean i think you get the mm -hmm. get the general gist yeah um, and with animation, it's great too, because like if we have to, like we need to show people how, you know, for instance, like how uh, Microsoft's new AI and cloud computing services work, and a lot of the terminology they're using is like 
things that don't have a visual you know it's like <laughs> it's like we have to come up with a visual for this thing that doesn't look doesn't actually exist you know like, right yeah what do we make this thing look Data like visualization and yeah cloud computing and so <laughs> like <laughs> welcome to my world yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> what's great about okay. like animation and tech specifically is like we can come up with anything we want we have the ability to create anything yeah and if it's if this visual is not like jiving with you know this particular line of dialogue or this like description then we change it and we change it again and until this thing that like that we can see what's happening like we know what's going on even if we turn off the audio we we're still like based on the visual we can we're still getting that information from the visual you know what I mean and that and and like it's so great being an animator because like I said we can create anything anything from scratch we can change it you know and there's just so much like flexibility there yeah whereas with like live action stuff I mean it's a great tool as well but you're kind of stuck with whatever you've shot at the end of the day and then you know if it's not planned out perfectly it's it may not like hit those marks or hit home like the way you want whereas with animation we you know we can change anything we want at any time very versatile very flexible yeah yeah and limitless create possibility for yeah. creativity yeah so there really it's is pretty, it's pretty fun yeah um yeah well this has been great i mean the whole i was gonna dive into the like technology of how you do it but the conversation about your relationship and your care for each other was way more interesting <laughs> oh cool and so it was great so thank you so much yeah, yeah thanks for having us this is really yeah. cool tell us where people can find you i'll put links to all this stuff but give yeah. us your 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 interwebs info uh, our website and portfolio is studiohippo.com instagram is at, at studio hippo those are the two main places yeah cool. not really on twitter yeah facebook like we are but not really we don't actively <laughs> use those platforms it's mostly <laughs> Mostly Instagram and our Or you can come visit us at the Battery. Page. Yeah. Battery co-working space. 621 Calamath. Yeah, Always looking to make new friends, too. So yeah. anybody wants to just, like, contact us via email. If there's any uh, freelancers or people that want to get into animation, we're happy to share our expertise and educate, you know, young yeah. up-and-coming up and coming animators and freelancers or anyone who's interested in the, in the business. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, Cameron Walker, Austin Wilson, Studio Hippo. I want to be part of the Happy Hungry Herd. Yay! So. <laughs> You're in. You guys are great. Nice. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. That was awesome. Yay. You're going to have to do